Catechesis with Pope Benedict the Sistine. Saint John, son of Zebedee. Papa Benedict's Catechesis on Wednesday, the 5th of July, 2006. Dear brothers and sisters, we are dedicating today's meeting to the memory of another very important member of the Apostolic College, John, son of Zebedee and brother of James. His typically Jewish name means, The Lord has worked grace. He was mending his nets on the shore of Lake Tiberias when Jesus called him together with his brother. John was always part of the small group that Jesus took with him on specific occasions. He was together with Peter and James when Jesus at Capernaum went into the home of Peter to cure his mother-in-law. With the other two, he followed the master into the house of Jairus, the head of the synagogue, whose daughter was brought back to life. He followed him when he climbed the mountain so as to be transfigured. He was next to him on the Mount of Olives when in front of the immensity of the Temple of Jerusalem he gave the speech about the end of the city and of the world. And finally, he was close to him in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus withdrew to pray to the Father before the Passion. Shortly before the Passover, when Jesus chose two disciples to send to prepare the room for the supper, it was to John and Peter that he entrusted this task. John's prominent position in the group of the Twelve makes somewhat understandable the initiative taken one day by his mother. She approached Jesus to ask him for her two sons, John and James, to be able to sit, one on his right and one on his left, in the kingdom. As we know, Jesus answered by in turn putting a question. He asked whether they were prepared to drink the chalice that he himself was about to drink. The intention behind these words was to open the eyes of the two disciples, to introduce them to the knowledge of the mystery of his person, and to refer to their future calling, to be his witnesses all the way to the supreme test of blood. Shortly after, in fact, Jesus explained that he had not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. In the days after the resurrection, we find the sons of Zebedee busy with Peter and some of the other disciples on a fruitless night that, through the intervention of the Risen One, was followed by the miraculous catch. It was the disciple Jesus loved who recognized the Lord first and pointed him out to Peter. Within the Church of Jerusalem, John occupied a prominent place in directing the first group of Christians. Indeed, Paul lists him among those whom he calls the pillars of that community. Luke presents him in Acts with Peter when they are going to pray in the temple or to appear before the Sanhedrin to witness to their faith in Jesus Christ. Together with Peter, he is sent by the Church of Jerusalem to confirm those who had accepted the Gospel in Samaria, praying for them to receive the Holy Spirit. In particular, it must be remembered what, together with Peter, he affirmed before the Sanhedrin that was hearing their case. We cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. It is precisely this frankness in confessing his faith that is an example and an invitation to all of us to be always ready 
to declare with decision our steadfast adherence to Christ, putting faith before every calculation or human interest. According to tradition, John is the beloved disciple who in the fourth gospel lays his head on the Master's breast during the Last Supper, stands at the foot of the cross together with the mother of Jesus, and lastly is witness both of the empty tomb and of the very presence of the risen one. We know that this identification is disputed by scholars today, some of whom view him merely as the prototype of a disciple of Jesus. Leaving the exegetes to settle the matter, let us be content here to gather an important lesson for our lives. The Lord desires to make each one of us a disciple who lives a personal friendship with him. To realize this, it is not enough to follow him and to listen to him exteriorly. It is also necessary to live with him and like him. This is possible only in the context of a rapport of great familiarity, imbued with the warmth of total trust. This is what happens between friends. This is why Jesus said one day, No one has a greater love than this, to give his life for his friends. I no longer call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. In the apocryphal Acts of John, the Apostle is presented not as the founder of churches, nor as the guide of already established communities, but, in continual journeying, as the communicator of faith in the encounter with souls capable of hoping and of being saved. Everything is motivated by the paradoxical intention of making the invisible seen. And indeed, he is called simply the theologian by the Eastern Church, that is, the one who is able to speak of divine things in accessible terms, by revealing an arcane access to God through adherence to Jesus. The cult of the Apostle John was affirmed starting from the city of Ephesus, where, according to an ancient tradition, he worked for a long time, dying in the end at an extraordinarily advanced age during the reign of the Emperor Trajan. In Ephesus, the Emperor Justinian had a great basilica built in the 6th century in his honour, of which there are still impressive ruins. Precisely in the East, he enjoyed and still enjoys great veneration. In Byzantine iconography, he is often depicted as very elderly. According to tradition, he died under the Emperor Trajan. And, in the act of intense contemplation, almost in an attitude of one who is inviting silence. Indeed, without sufficient recollection, it is not possible to approach the supreme mystery of God and his revelation. This explains why, years ago, the ecumenical patriarch of Constantinople, Athenagoras, whom Pope Paul VI embraced at a memorable encounter, affirmed, John is at the origin of our highest spirituality. Like him, the silent ones know this mysterious exchange of hearts. They invoke John's presence, and their hearts are set on fire. 
May the Lord help us to put ourselves at the school of John, so as to learn the great lesson of love, in a way that we feel loved by Christ, to the very end, and give our lives for Him. The time has come to lay it down and find it all in you. More than this world could ever give. In one glimpse of you, the fire burns within my soul. Love too loud, it won't let go. So draw us close. Love you.